Uh, let's pray and invite the Lord in, shall we? Not that he isn't already here, but uh, that he would speak through his word and the message. Father, I thank you uh, just for your glorious presence. Lord, you are filled with life, and uh, you are good in all your ways. Lord, you're the judge of all the earth, the righteous judge. Lord, I thank you that, um, Lord, your goodness goes before you in the form of Jesus. Lord, that your provision, Lord, is secure for us. I pray that we'd be able to embrace your love, Lord. And I just encourage you now, if you hear my voice, just to open your heart to the love of God. God is for you, and if he's for you, who can possibly be against you and succeed? And the answer is nobody. So let your heart be at peace. So fill us right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this is a great topic. You know, uh, you know I, I love the Bible. <laughs> I really do. I, I think I shared with you that when I first became a Christian, really the first three years, I hated the Bible. Uh, um, and, and I don't mean like, you know, like, uh, like I would verbally say it, but I would just look at it, and every time I'd read it, I'd be going, oh, I hate this book. You, you know what I mean? And, and I would really, and through the years, God has grown my love for his word. Just incrementally, each year, he's grown his, uh, my love for his word. And um, I've always, I, I, I always want to impart that to people. I go, man, I, I hope you get that. Um, from me that you can see that it's so applicable to everything in life. And um, one of the reasons I hated it all the time is I'd always felt condemned by it. You know when people make that joke where they say, if you look up that word in the dictionary, your face is there, you know, to match that word like fool, the fool. Like I couldn't get through the Proverbs. Jody suggested our first year of marriage. She goes, let's, let's, let's read a proverb, you know, each night before we go to bed, we'll read a proverb. <laughs> it's like, how did you go to bed? Knowing I was the fool. Uh, you know, that because I, I couldn't fix everything that first year. Did you notice that? How many tried to fix everything, but you couldn't fix everything? Well, it turns out that this year I couldn't fix everything either. Right? It, it, you, you, just, you never get to that point where you can kind of fix every single thing. And uh, because God is the one who does the fixing. And it, it took me a while to really understand that my fixing usually made things worse. It's kind of like, I, I'm, there's some things that I'm pretty good at, like, but working on cars is not really my strength. And, and I've, I've done it. I've taken the whole engine out and put it back in, and I've done, you know, it was pretty extensive work on the cars. Um, but I always end up with all these extra parts that are on the driveway, that I go like, and they go, this is supposed to be in there. <laughs> and I go, man, I follow that manual, everything exactly like it is. Where is that? And they go, well, it just kind of goes in here, and you got to have that in there. And someone who's totally mechanically inclined that way gets it in two seconds. And um, I used to change my oil all the time, too. And I'd go, well, I'm not going to pay all that extra money. I'm just going to change it myself. Until I stripped the bottom of the oil pan, and I had to get a new oil pan, and then I remember driving by Jiffy Lube and I said, I will never change the oil again. <laughs> never. I will, I will go into debt. Uh, you know, I will do a bank heist in Rome to raise the money, but I will definitely not do the oil again. 
And, and I love going in there and watching them sweat underneath my car. You know? And, and it's funny because I'm an evangelist, so I just sit there and evangelize to them anyway. Um, but you have to realize what you're good at and what you're not good at. Fixing yourself, you're not good at it. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that this is such a church sacred cow fixing yourself that I know that if I say it, it just sounds wrong. How could fixing yourself not be good? You got to improve yourself. You got to train. There's all kinds of things you have to do. And it's true, you do end up doing them, but there's a difference in the heart when God does it and you do it. And it's hard to explain until you've experienced it. And you won't understand it until you understand who you are in your sinfulness. If you don't understand your wretchedness, you won't understand the good that God's trying to restore in your life and that he's trying to change you. Um, I mentioned this one more, one more time, I've, I've, I mean, a few times, but it's worth saying. I, 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 I remember in the first year of our marriage, I was, Jody was driving me crazy. I can't remember what it was, but we were, and I was driving her crazy. It was, we were driving each other crazy. We were at the gas station. And I told her, i got to use the restroom. And I went in the restroom, and I looked up at God, and I said, why did you let me marry this woman? She is driving me crazy. And she was thinking to herself, if I could just get rid of this guy, what was I thinking? And, and I looked in my heart for the kind of love that I had for her, and I thought to myself, this can't be the kind of love that God's talking about. And I go, because I, when I analyzed my own love, it was so pathetic, it was so superficial. It was so lowly. I, I, it was like dishonorable is the only way that I could say it. Like I did love her and I did care about her and it was sincere from a worldly perspective. But I knew that couldn't be the divine look, that, that it couldn't be what it looked like. And I remember just asking the Lord, saying, Lord, give me a real love for her. And I, I just, I remember him convicting me that I didn't love her in his way. It wasn't like you aren't loving her enough, like fix yourself. It was the kind of love that you have, Eric, is earthly and shallow. It's earthly, it's shallow, it's too selfish based. It's what I get from her and what I feel from her. And there was so much selfish based. And I remember seeing her after this prayer and God changing the way that I saw her. The, the way that I saw her changed. And it's, it's, a, it's a miracle. I, I don't, it's one of those things where Jesus says, and you will do greater things than these, you know, like healing the blind and healing them. I can love people in a way by the miracle of God because of his power. And that is a great thing. It's an amazing thing. This advice about judging. If you understand how much rescuing you need, then you won't judge people the same way because you'll recognize what you've gotten. He who has been loved much, you know, who forgiven much, loves much. It's not because one person had so much to be forgiven for. Look at how much they've had to be forgiven for. No wonder they love so much. No, you, everyone is in that same boat. 
Everyone has been, been forgiven so many things that once you've been forgiven so many things, how can you look around and try to look for the weakness in, in people? Now, there's nothing wrong with discerning. I'm going to talk about that, having the judgment of discernment to see that something is wrong. But there's something wrong with the judgment of heart that kind of puts you over someone else. Like, well, I've overcome this, and you haven't. You know, it's like the Bible says, we've been saved by grace through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. So that there's no boasting. There's no boasting in the Lord. I mean, on your own. There's only boasting in the Lord. It's like the ex-smoker. Have you met an ex-smoker? They're the most judgmental people about other people smoking. Like you were just addicted for 10 years, five minutes ago. Where did you find the high horse? Right? Or the person that comes and they find redemption by Jesus Christ, and then they go out and they go, you look what's wrong with everybody else in the world. Surprise, surprise, you were just out there like five minutes ago. And you're still struggling with stuff. You didn't walk into the sheetrock building and all of a sudden get a halo over your head. What made you look righteous in God's perspective, when he looked at you and saw you righteous, it isn't because of your perfection, it is because of the cross. The cross removes your unrighteousness, it moves your sin as far as the east is to the west. And you're forgiven. And it's glorious! It's amazing. It's good news. It's fantastic to be forgiven. And it's like you think, thank God. Thank you, Lord. And, the, and I'm not saying that we can't see that there's evil in the world. And, it, and I'm not saying that we can't even confront sin in the life of the church because we can and we should. But you do it by restoring people gently. Love covers over a multitude of sins. You do it as someone who is spiritual, who can help walk someone to life. This is, you guys, this topic in the Bible is so life-changing. This is one, I promise you, if you'll really catch the heart of this message and, and really grasp the scriptures in it, you will walk away changed today. You will walk away changed. This is one of those ones that will change your life completely. It's not just a little encouraging message. It's life transforming. Sadly, our world, the news, the TV, everything, the media, the internet is built on judging. I'm telling you, you'll get, whether it's a celebrity or a sports hero or a politician, and we find a weakness in them then the reporter who reports it will exploit them. And I get it. We want to uncover the truth and we're truth seekers. But they uncover this person. And then once they uncover it, then they want to exploit it to the person's detriment. I want to bring them down. And I understand we have to know what the truth is. And I get that heart. But I see a different heart at work. And the different heart at work is we align or this group or the, uh, ourselves in these industries align ourselves up with Satan, the accuser. We become accusers like he is. 
And you're going you're gonna to see this distinction. I'm going to draw it. That God is the righteous judge. He is the only one who can judge righteously. And his judgments are right. And I fall short of that judgment. But because of Christ and the judgment seat of Christ, I am now made righteous by him. By, by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is righteous to the Father. And because of his sacrifice and payment for me in exchange for my life, I am now righteous according to this righteous judge. Not only that, but the judgments that are against me, the law was put in his body and nailed to a tree, and I say hallelujah. But the righteous judgments, God's judgments are still in all the earth, the Bible says. It fills the earth, and they're good. Because when God shows you where you're wrong, when you're in Christ, you can just turn to him and say, Lord, I see where I'm wrong. That's how the Bible got fun for me. It no longer was condemning me. The Bible showed me my error, and then I wouldn't even understand it. Sometimes I wouldn't even agree with it. In fact, the first several years, most of the time, I didn't even agree with the Bible. I'd go, how could that be wrong? What's wrong with you, God? God goes, okay, hold on, I'm going to change you. And then when I saw his way, I went, wow, I was totally blind. That really is right. That really is good. And then there's Satan, the judge. And you're going to see that he is looking to accuse you and to take you down. Whose side do you want to be on? The nature of gossip and slander and accusation is not from the Spirit. It's from the enemy. Why would you ever ally yourself with the enemy? My family knows this about me, but I will not gossip and go down that slanderous route. I just won't. As soon as, you, as, soon as it's even down there, and it's funny because I'll talk to people and they'll think I've gossiped about them. You know, when, you know if you're the person who thinks people are gossiping about you, it's probably because you've been gossiping yourself. Love always hopes. Love always trusts. Love always protects. It perseveres. Love will cover over a multitude of sin. A multitude. That's heavy stuff. How many want to grow in the Lord today? Me too. Me too. Let's go. I'm going to get right into some stuff here. Okay, Matthew 7, 1. We're going to cover the scripture a little bit in Romans here. Do not judge or you will be judged, or you too will be judged. By the way, this is Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, God Almighty talking. Amen? Amen. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Now look at her. Can you believe it? Boom. It's like a boomerang. Kaboom. It comes right back at you. I can't believe that guy. He's like that. Kaboom. Boom. Hey, man, look at that. Man, look at these kids. I can't believe it. Kaboom. You could do the same thing by looking at those kids and saying, man, these kids do not know how to behave. I need to help them. I need to teach them. I need to walk with them. You need to be able to see clearly, not in judgment. Do not judge or you too will be judged. And this is, this is, God is so good. With money, he goes, when you give the same measure, it'll be given to you. you. You're totally generous. I'll totally be generous with you. Why, why, God? Because I want you to be in charge of it. I want you to have dominion. I want you to be responsible. Be good with the money I give you. And then I will give you more. 
Hear it in the same way. Don't judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, the same way that you judge others, look at them, you'll be judged. Think about that. The same way, the same measure that you use, how can you leave here and ever judge anyone again? It should not be this way. People judge themselves and their families and they wonder why their families go to destruction. And it doesn't mean you might have one person in your group, in your family group, that's totally blowing it. And everyone's already made the judgment or the discernment, there's nothing wrong with discernment, that there's something wrong. But don't be judgmental. Look at them. Look what I, look at me, me, them, me, them. Yeah, me, (laughs) them. How does that help? Do you understand that it's not because God is vengeful this way. God is the vengeful God, and he even says it's mine to avenge in relation to judgment. But that's not the heart of it. That's his last tack on. It's because of the fact that the very nature of things in his reality that he's created for us, things bounce back on you. You reap what you sow. And you judge, and it comes back on you. He's not saying, you judge, and I'll just nail you for it. He's saying, that's how it works. You, you're around your friends, and you start judging people. They go, oh, I wonder what it's like when I'm not around. And I'll just tell you, that's exactly what it's like when you're not around. Set the example. Set the example. And don't, don't judge in your prayers. People, you, you can't manipulate. Lord. I'm praying for those jerks, Lord. Those losers. Remember, remember the guy? Remember the guy, the guy, the guy, the two people that come before God? Most people know the scripture. I've shared it many times here. You know, the, the one guy goes, Lord, thank you that I give and I do the right things. See, he's like, look what I do. Here, Jesus, me. But I'm glad I'm not like that loser over there. Christian, I'm not picking on you, by the way. Uh, you know, no spiritual significance there. But, you know, he's down there. And Jesus says the one who actually knew who he was, the one who knew who he was went right, was right with God. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? You you know, it's kind of like, you know, you have deficiencies, but you have the the, the audacity to, to be pointing at others as if this was your appointed position. And if you do it long enough, you're gonna appeal to the flesh of others so much so that eventually you can have your own talk show. Seriously, I'm telling you right now, we could become five times the size of our church if I would just be more Republican. If I just start political this, political that, you know, just like Jesus did, you know how he was always voting for candidates and stuff? (laughs) Not. But if I did, we'd be so popular, right? We'd totally isolate other groups, the ones we're trying to reach, but we'd reach those that have a vengeance, right? So there's a popularity to judgment, in the world. So if you want to be popular, just go to Galatians, look at the acts of the sinful nature, and make a movie about it. 
know, it's orgies, dissension, factions. Hey, it's a good thriller. <laughs> Just write the movie. How can you say to your brother, <laughs> this is Jesus talking, how, like how? How can, how can you say this? How can you say to, to your brother, to your friend, let me take the speck out of your eye. Let me take it, let me take it out. It's, but people meet in small groups. We have small groups. One of the things I always tell Ira and Ira has the same heart as I do in this is don't go to a small group and when someone shares something about their life where they're broken, try to fix them. So how are you doing, John? Well, things are not going really well. I'm struggling with this and that. And another person goes, well, you know what you ought to do, John? Let me take the speck out of your eye, pal. This is what you ought to do. You ought to do this and you ought to do that and you ought to do that. Why don't you just leave John alone and why don't you pray for him see what God will do? See what kind of healing the mighty, the mighty God can do. What can the mighty God do? Great things. Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, the the hilarious thing about Jesus and his use of the word hypocrite, it's usually not because you're a bad Christian. You know, you've kind of sinned and blown it. It's because you're judging the bad Christian. It's usually when you're the hypocrite. Isn't that funny? It's the opposite of what people think he means by it. It's the Pharisees are the hypocrites. The Sadducees are the hypocrites. The religious leaders are the hypocrites. All right. This judgment here, and I want you to see it. I'm going to get to the heart of this message. When you come across somebody and you see somebody and you see them fall short, you have a couple things that you can do. And I'm going to give you some, some advice about the judgment part. Because you could judge them. You could just come in, see where they fall short, and then lay into that part. You're not good at this. And look at what your weakness is. And let me point it out. And let's get the magnifying lens out. And let's exasperate it. Let's talk about it at the meeting. Let's find out your weaknesses and let's exploit them. Or you can look at them from God's perspective and start to be a conduit of real change. How many say amen? Amen. Number one, when you see others, so when you encounter others, number one, you should stop yourself. Stop yourself, okay? How many feel like you have some self-control? How many feel like you need to stop yourself sometimes? Come on. How many are planning on stopping yourself now? Come on. Good. Do not judge, right? But you know why? Because judging others is a stupid plan. Amen? Amen. Because it's just going to bounce right back at you. So the minute you want to do it, and, and, tr- and the, it gets real tempting, especially when someone has just burned you in some way. That's when you want to judge them. Uh, me too. I'm no different than you. I just go, you know what? I don't judge them out loud because that'll get me in trouble. I judge them quietly. <laughs> don't you? Right? You go, hey, how's it going? Can't believe you, stupid. <laughs> Praise God. I'm the pastor of the Adventure Church. Dear closer. Can't believe that you would have been addictive. And don't deny it. If you're going down that path, 
Don't pretend like you're holier. I, don't make this statement. Well, you know that I have a, I'm a good guy and I have a really good heart. People tell me that. They come up here and they go, I need some prayer. And they tell me what their issue is. And they go, well, I'm a really good guy and I have a good heart. And I just go, nope. No, you don't. And you're not. <laughs> it's like I must be the most discouraging. The pastor totally broke me down. <laughs> I'm not going to affirm something that's not true. If you walk around thinking you have a good heart and you're just a good guy, why do you even need Jesus? Just keep being the good guy that you think you are. Or you can actually turn to God and become the person he created you to be with his restoration. Do not judge. I said it already. In the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use will be measured to use. Okay? Judging another person is a stupid plan. Okay? Now, discerning is not judging. And I mentioned that before. I'll show you some scriptures, but the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. If you have ESV or New King James, it'll probably say the man with the Spirit of God or the man filled with the Spirit. NIV translates it in a dynamic translation. The spiritual person makes the judgment. He can judge all things. There's nothing wrong with making judgments about things. But it's what you do with it. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him how? Gently. And remember that word, gently. It's, it's one of the key things that the Lord uses with repentance oftentimes. Meta, noia is the word repentance. Meta means change. Noia, nos, thinking. Change of the thinking. That's, that's what God wants to do. He changes your mind. He guides you into truth of the Spirit. And this is, says, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? Because hopefully if you're inside, you understand the truth of the gospel. You know you're forgiven. So the judgments of the Lord are good. If you're caught in something, good. Because the Lord wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. Do I hear amen? Amen. These are good things. Now, I put here, judging, judging happens in the heart. So the difference between the discernment and judging. God is the judge, and it's good. He's a good judge. He determines right from wrong. If there was no right and wrong, you would be in a chaotic world. You'd have man making up right and wrong. And oh, God forbid for that. Satan, on the other hand, is judging. He knows what the right and wrong things are, too. But while with Christ, our wrongdoing is covered under the blood, in, in, with Satan, he wants to use that to bring discouragement, take away your joy. He wants to steal things. He wants to kill your dreams. He wants to, to, to destroy who you are. And his big name there, Lucifer, Satan, is the accuser. He's the accuser. Judging is the accuser. Let me tell you something. So you, you start to condemn people where you think, oh, I'm not sure if I'm right with God. Am I right with God? Never take people's security about their relationship with God away. And not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brethren, it says, because we who teach will be judged more strictly. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm thankful for that. I want to be judged before the Lord, not because I think I can stand up for it. No way. I can't stand up for anything. I'm just thankful for the outcome. Amen? Amen. 
Everyone hates to be judged, don't you? But the Lord does it for your benefit. Now, when I say God is the judge, look what he says here. There is only one lawgiver and judge. How many? One. One. By the way, the Old Testament says God is the judge. The New Testament says we'll all sit before the judgment seat of Christ, making the equality with God in, in Christ. Who's the one lawgiver and judge? The one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Look at James. James is saying it this way, like, but you, like, like, who are you? Who are you to make this judge? Like, who are you? God is the one who can save and destroy. But you, like, like, who are you to judge? Like, what righteous criteria have you accomplished that you think you could sit in a judgment seat and judge anyone? You know, I sit down and I'm going, well, you didn't get stoned right. Like, what kind of judgments could I make from my past? And if you didn't accuse me there, trust me, if you had a videotape of everything in my life, you could pick out all kinds of heinous things. And I go, oh, I remember that. <laughs> I am in no place to judge anyone. Is there anyone here that can be that judge? But you know, the New Testament says that when we're translated into the image of Christ, and when we see him, we shall become like him, that we shall judge the angels. The disciples will judge the tribes of Israel. Not the judgment like, all right, John, okay, you're this. Uh, Bob, you're that. It's not that kind of judgment. It's the judgment of redemption. You're, we're measured by our, the light of Christ. That we're either saved by him or we're judged on ourselves. Do you want to be judged on your own or do you want to be judged in Jesus? I want to be judged in Jesus. Because he's covered my sins. Do I hear amen? amen. And listen, I get, I get this. I just added this this morning because I was... Uh, David Kligman actually quoted it on Facebook this morning. And so I, as soon as I read it, I thought, oh, thank you, David. It's perfect. You know, heaven is proclaiming here. It says, I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God. But it's a loud voice. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brethren, brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. How many say amen again? Listen, he's an accuser. Well, you know, like that. He's more like that. He's got. He's like there. There's the Lord and there's the Satan. Well, he has one like that. One like that. You know, Job. Hey, what's going like that? One like that. What protects you from that? Jesus. Because he takes the bite of the accusation away by removing the power of the law. Which is what you're falling short of and you may not realize that. But can I tell you something? Why would you want to live a life like that? Why would you want to join the accuser and become a gossip? I hope you leave here and never gossip again. I I, honestly, I, I I hope and I pray this for you. This is what I was talking about. Your life could change. Make judgments like you go, oh, I think that's wrong. But then now walk it out. Don't be judgmental like it's wrong. (laughs) And I know. Or it's wrong because me. 
you. You obviously don't understand your own redemption. You don't understand, you know, and I love parents. I know you encourage your kids, and you've been taught that, Dr. Spock and everyone else. Encourage your kids, and it's good. Encouragement's really good. You're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. And we never told our kids that very much. We told them we loved them. They were sinners and needed to be repenting for poor God. And that God knew who they were, but accepted them anyway in Christ. And when they argued about it, I didn't say, who's the good one, who's the bad one? Because I knew they were both bad. <laughs> it's just biblical parenting. And I, and I watch parents, you know, they go, we're never going to discipline our kids. We're always going to keep them over there. Yeah, but then you start, you'll, you'll, be the, you'll be the parent who yells at your kids when they're 16, 17. Trust me, you'll be yelling at them. Hey, I can't, I can't, boy, man, I can't believe. And then when they walk around and think, I'm good. Whatever I decide is good. And you wonder why. You wonder why. That's why. Because you encourage the flesh. And you encourage the flesh. And you encourage the flesh. There's nothing wrong with saying, I love you. Or that was a good decision. Or that these are things. But God, we need God's redemption for you to be able to see his perspective. Judging others is judging. Okay? Judging others. Amen? Judging those who judge others is still considered judging. Right? Okay? So number one, you need to stop yourself. Number two, you should see yourself, and I've kind of covered this already, but why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the black of your own eye? When you're judging What you're saying, first of all, is that you have a right to be in the judgment seat and you don't. That's what you're saying. And what you're saying is they have this issue, but you do not have this issue. So there's a purity within you that you later will be able to boast about in heaven. Okay? In Romans chapter 1, there's this big, long list of sins. It just goes on and on and on. It's like it's one of those things, if you don't read the Bible like, like with, with um, you know, the way the Spirit's leading and you just feel the conviction of it, you will walk through that and, you can, and if, you're judge, if you have a judgment personality, then you will definitely see that everyone else is on this list but yourself. You know, them, they were, they're inflamed with lust for one another and they served created things rather than the Creator. Like, you never did that. How many have worshipped created things before? Come on. How many have looked at someone from the opposite sex and lusted after them? Raise your hand. The rest of you are liars. <laughs> You're lying. Come on. How many people have looked at the opposite sex and lusted after them? Raise your hand. Okay, that's worship, right? It's like you, you worship them or worship it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with seeing someone beautiful from the opposite sex. I'm just saying that Romans 1 is giving descriptions of all these different kinds of sins of selfishness and serving created things rather than the creator. And then Paul in Romans 2 says, you know, you're the same way because the Jews at the end of Romans 1 are going, yeah, the Gentiles are like that. And then Romans 2, he goes, and you're like that too. And the owner's conclusion in Romans 3 is, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. 
need Christ. Look at what he says. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Do you imagine that one day, outside of Christ, just you on your own, the minute you looked at somebody and saw their flaw and pointed it out in judgment, you said, you know what? They're a liar. And, and you made that statement. And heaven rung. That's right. Lying is wrong. Your voice, lying was wrong, 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 wrong. That judgment comes right back at you and says, yes, lying is wrong. When you do it and you condemn yourself by the statement of it, lying is wrong, evil is wrong, pride is wrong, this is wrong, that is wrong. Okay, okay, thank you for the judgments. And when you do them, you will have condemned yourself with your own words, Jesus says. You who sit in judgment, you do the same things. He's not wondering if you do the same things. He says because you do the same things. You who pass judgment. Listen how he continues with this. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. If God judges it and says it's wrong, it's wrong. But when you, a mere man, say it with me, say a mere man. A mere man, a mere man. that's like a mere man. Right? Just, just a man. If you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? This is a strong letter to the Jews. He's trying to win them over. He goes, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience? Say this with me. Say, not realizing not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. God's goodness leads you toward repentance. God has this amazing ability to come to you and to me with deep conviction and you feel good about it, that you recognize that you're wrong. He encourages you in your depravity and shows you the way to live because God is good. And this is his summary. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his, can everyone say grace? Grace. Say it one more time, grace. Grace. It's grace. You're saved by grace. You're not saved by your church attendance. You're not saving it because you make an incrementally 2% improvement in your leadership skills. Okay? That does not make any sense. You're saved by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Listen, you should stop yourself with judgment. You should see yourself. You should talk to yourself. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Don't spend your time talking about them. You know, how can you, there's a speck in your eye. Look at the speck in your eye. Look at this thing in your eye. I know parents that run this way. This is, this is wrong. And I've done it too. I've also apologized to my kids. Listen, how, if you aim it toward yourself, many times they'll watch it and see the transformation. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Look what he says. This is in Luke 
Just a, a different recording of the same incident. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Listen, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Don't talk about everyone else, but talk to yourself. Stop yourself. See yourself, right? Say to yourself, speak to yourself instead of everyone else. We're almost done here. When you see others, change yourself instead of them. When you look at the plank in your brother's eye and then you start to criticize and you take their speck out, Jesus is saying, instead, focus on yourself. How many say amen? amen? This is his advice. This is advice about judgment. When you see others, change yourself. You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. First, do it first. First, take the plank out of your own eye. And there's not just one plank, by the way. How many know we have several planks? It's not like, yeah, I remember in 1974, I took that plank out, and I'm judging people for the next 50 years. (laughs) Glad I got that plank out. Now I'm ready to judge everybody else. See where they're wrong. Right? What's your gifting? I have the gift of love. What's your gifting? Prophecy. What's your gifting? Judging others. That's my gift. The watchman on the wall. I'm the watchman. Can I tell you, you can't self-appoint yourself. Self-appointment isn't in the scriptures. Even the kings, Samuel comes in and lays the oil on and anoints him. In the New Testament, they lay hands on the elders. I didn't become a pastor because I'm going to go to school, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then I automatically get this divinity degree, and then now I can just get a license, I'm going to start. No, I know you can do that. I don't believe in that. I believe the only way you can do it is you get called by God. And, and there's elders and leaders that have found you hopefully faithful, not because you're perfect, but faithful to the ways of God and how he is. And God gives you favor. He desires to be an overseer, desires a good thing. It's a good thing. Take the plank out of your own eye. The thief on the cross, one guy on one side says, hey, Jesus, come on, man, let us out. Take care of us, man. He, he can't see himself. He should have stopped, right? He should have talked to himself. The guy on the other side, he says, Jesus, man, I know who I am. Man, I, 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 we deserve, he tells his friend, he goes, come on, man, we deserve this. We're on here because we deserved it. If you will live like that and understand that you deserve it. I, I'm serious. I, it, it, there will take one smidgen that, that some celebrity or some sports hero, they find some weakness and everyone says, look at the flaw of their character. As if all the people reporting have no flaws. And like, let's exploit it. And you know what happens? Is people do, with celebrities and big news things, just like they do in their personal lives. Someone starts to exploit your weakness because you have a weakness. You just have to hide it. Right? How many get what I'm saying? You know, they'll exploit it so they go, share, why don't you share something? Well, I'm not going to share with you because you're going to post it on Facebook. And I've had, I've had that happen, not post it on Facebook, where you share a weakness and someone goes, hmm, I'm going to use it against you. Because they're lining themselves up with the accuser. It's like, I want to be Satan's teammate. 
and I want to do what he does. He's an accuser. Well, that's what I'll do. May you never accuse people again. May you walk out of here transformed by the power of God. May God change you. Then you will see clearly. You'll model yourself. You'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, when you can walk up and you go, hey man, I can see you're totally struggling. Can I help you? Can I pray for you? Is there something that I can do for you? And, and, and someone will confess, oh man, I can't, but I don't know, no one forgives me. I, I like to look people in the eye and I go, but God forgives you. You are forgiven by the Lord. Yeah, but did I do enough to, no, you didn't do enough. Trust me. Even if you repented with all your might, I promise you there's more repentance necessary. But you are forgiven because the cross has already paid for your sin. Before you were even born, your sin was covered in every possible way. Isn't this good news? Doesn't this make you want to accept people? Accept people. Accept one another as you've been accepted. Forgive one another as you've been forgiven. There's some great, I can hear some great music in here. <laughs> then you'll be, see the speck in your brother's eye, you'll be able to remove it. Oh, man. Don't you love the word? This is, I, I hope that this scripture changed you today. I really do. I hope, if it didn't, I'm still going to have a killer day today. Seriously, I'm going to have a good day. Because my, my day is not dependent on how you're going to absorb it. But I pray for you personally. I pray that you would absorb it. And that if there's repentance to be made, you can say, I've been a judgmental person. Would you please not deny it? Would you please not deny it? So, so let's just have an acknowledgement. I'm just going to, we'll just do it with eyes open. If you've been judgmental, you honestly, you go, man, I've been a judgmental person. If that's you, just with me, I can admit that there's areas in my life I've been judgmental. If that's you, just stand up with me and just say, I've been it. I've done it. I've been it. What? Go ahead. I'm not sure. I'd like to just um, address the married people for right now. Um, you know, just because you're talking to your spouse about someone else doesn't mean it's not gossip. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So even in your marriage, make sure your words about other people are always uplifting and always bringing life. And um, the second thing is, to married people again, that uh, the enemy will accuse through you. So just really guard yourself against that, that you're not used as a weapon of the evil one to tear down your spouse because the Bible does say no weapon formed against you will prosper. So when we come against another believer, we will not prosper in that way. So I just want to. Amen. And, and, you know, something that Jody said there that you can, we can have repentance over is you can really bring your spouse down if you're, if you're gossiping. Because it'll just, it'll take their beautiful day and just take it down. People tell me, I got to tell you about this person before you meet him. I say, please don't tell me about that person. I don't want to hear your tainted view of that person before. Aren't you glad that God looks at us with fresh eyes? We don't deserve it, do we? 
can you just lift up holy hands to God? Just say, thank you, God. Just say, Lord, thank you. Just in your own words, just whisper to him. Say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me, Lord, for saving me, for healing me, for restoring me. And Lord, I need more healing. I need more restoration. Lord, forgive me, Lord, for the judgment I've had in my heart. Lord, forgive me for looking at myself better than others. In all different kinds of circumstances, Lord, I can be so creative in my arrogance. And Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgiving me for putting people down with my looks, the way I'd look at them, the way I might speak about them. Lord, the way I might feel about them. And Lord, forgive me for polluting others that I have polluted with my words. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I ask now that you'd restore those things that I broke. Restore them right now. You're the God who can move in the past and restore where the locusts have eaten, Lord, all the crops and taken the good things so there's no good harvest ahead. And you can make a good harvest come. And I say, restore my heart. Restore the people I've broken. Lord, give me constructive, wholesome talk to make people whole in the way that I'd communicate. And Lord, where I'm blind and I can't see, Lord, there's so many times where I find out afterwards what I've done. I see it and then I think, oh, look what I've done. Oh, Lord, show me and give me a discernment to myself that I would focus on myself, not to beat myself up, but just to recognize, Lord, that I'm saved and I'm redeemed by you. Thank you for the great redemption. Lord, the sin that you've covered in our lives is amazing. We praise you for it. And Lord, I pray for every married couple that they would see their spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend. Lord, they would see their, their, the person they're with, Lord, in a new light. Lord, let the healing be mutual, Lord, so it could have the most effectiveness. Let it happen at the same time. Lord, let there be no elbows that says, you need this. Let the, let the righteous way that says, I need this. Let it rise to the surface, Lord. Change us. Thank you for the power of the gospel. And Lord, I know the effort here will be sincere, but I can't hope in it. I have to hope in you. Move, Holy Spirit. Move by the power and by the blood of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus from judgment. Find your worth in the Lord. Be delivered. Find his peace in the name of the mighty, mighty, mighty God, Jesus the Christ. If you agree, can you say amen and just give a shout out to the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Go home today and be forgiven and have a good day. Amen. God bless.